Welcome to a very special chapel service this morning. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Dean Larry Bach and the Chorale for that beautiful piece. Can we share appreciation? Again, wonderful, wonderful job. Thank you so much. Well, we are blessed today to be able to honor three dearly loved faculty colleagues who are retiring from North Central University after many years of faithful service. I actually did not do the math in terms of the collective years that they've spent here at North Central, but it is a number of decades. I think we're somewhere 70, maybe 70, 80 years of investment collectively. Here's how today's chapel service is going to go. Uh, we have, for each one of our retiring faculty members, we have three, about three or so minute tributes, one each from a dean or myself, a student or alumnus, and then lastly, a colleague tribute. Uh, one of these is, is given via video. The student, the alumnus, was not able to be here, the alumna. Um, but afterward, we will call our three retiring faculty members to the stage, and President Hagen as well, and present them with three gifts, and then share a time of prayer for them. Now, afterward, we have a reception, a COVID-safe, socially distanced, outside reception planned out on Elliott Avenue. We want to invite you to it. When we planned this thing, it was like 75 degrees, and we thought, surely, Minnesota weather only gets better and better in April. We all know that's not true. So it's going to be a little chilly. It's 40. Maybe it'll touch 50 out there. But I want to appreciate Jordan Robertson and team for uh, the, the tent. And I think we have some heaters out there as well. So please stop by, share your appreciation, share your thanks with our, our beloved colleagues. Well, without further ado, I'd like to invite Dean Allen Tennyson of the College of Church Leadership to come to the stage and kick us off. Thank you so much, Vice President Leeper. I am here to uh, bring recognition and honor to Dr. Amy Anderson. <laughs> Dr. Anderson came to Minneapolis in the 1980s. She had a degree in animal science, and she was going to get a further graduate degree in the same, and she needed a job. So she came to North Central University, where we hired her to work in our mailroom. And while she was here, she began working with campus ministry at the University of Minnesota, felt a call onto campus ministry that took her as far away as Germany, and from that had a passion for biblical studies that led her to Fuller Seminary and eventually the University of Birmingham, where she received her PhD in New Testament textual criticism. And that same year, she was hired back at North Central University, not to work in the mailroom, but to be our professor of Greek in 1999. She has been a significant shaper of culture at this university. She's highly respected in her academic field where her textbook on textual criticism is being regarded now as a standard introduction in multiple schools. Her more popular work, When You Come Together, has been read by Christian groups throughout the country who desire a deeper communal experience of worship. In more than 20 years at North Central, she has instilled in her students a deep love for the biblical text, a better understanding of a Christian worldview, and a commitment to intellectual rigor. She received the Faculty of the Year Award at North Central in 2020, a well-deserved award that recognizes her excellence in teaching, her contributions to biblical scholarship, and her success inspiring students towards lifelong learning. She was also chosen by the faculty in 2015 to serve as our faculty marshal 
a ceremonial position in which he represents all faculty at formal events. Join me today in recognizing, joining me today in recognizing the impact of Dr. Amy, our one alumnus, Mr. Dan Erickson, and a former NCU professor of New Testament and director of Biblical and Theological Studies, Dr. Phil Mayo. All right. Hello, everybody. My name is Dan Erickson, and it is a privilege and a pleasure to be the former student who gets to honor Dr. Amy Anderson as she heads into retirement. Um, It is wild to think that I first sat in her classroom a decade ago, and that was only the midpoint of her tenure here as a professor at North Central. Um, So the lives that you've impacted along the way are too numerous for me to count. Um, but I have begun to try. So I want to share a little bit about that experience um, for myself as a student and so many more who have gotten to sit and learn from Doc Amy. Um, I first heard of Doc Amy as a newly accepted student who was just picking out my first classes that I was going to take here at college at North Central. I was in the registrar's office, and uh, as I was looking over the course listings and the instructors, the registrar who was standing with me, I think he was another former student of Doc Amy's, uh, he leaned over and he said, ooh, uh, Dr. Amy, is it? Yeah, Uh, she's real tough. Um, So if you want to learn a lot, you better be ready because she's going to push you and she's going to challenge you. And if you're not wanting to sign up for that and you want an easier time, you should probably take a different professor. Um, Needless to say, he was right. Uh, as many of you know, I will tell you, I learned more in that first class with Doc Amy than I have in any other, other course that I've ever taken as a student at any point. She deepened my appreciation for scripture. She expanded my awareness of things that I was clueless about as somebody who grew up in church my whole life. And she helped me learn how to read and understand the Bible in context, which was so valuable. One of the things that I love about Doc Amy is all the ways that she provides opportunities for her students to really sink their teeth into what they're learning. I got to come aboard as a teaching assistant for one of her classes, um, and I would see how she would create study labs and opportunities for students to translate ancient documents and really work on those Greek skills that she would pester folks to take classes with uh, all along the way. Um, it was so cool to be welcomed into her home for an authentic German breakfast and to get to come aboard and serve with her at her nonprofit, the Center for Ancient Texts and Languages and the Biblical Literacy Project. So cool to get to see Doc Amy go and speak at churches all around, um, giving them a historical foundation and biblical backgrounds to better understand their faith. Now, when Doc Tennyson reached out to me and he said, hey, Dan, we'd love for you to come and honor Doc Amy, uh, he said, you're not just going to be speaking for yourself, but you're going to be speaking for every student who has ever been impacted by her ever. No pressure, right? So I thought it would be only fitting for me to reach out to some of my fellow students and ask them how Doc Amy had impacted not just my life, but theirs too. And here's a bit what they had to say. Doc Amy is intelligent. She's inspiring for so many reasons. She's passionate about scripture. She's welcoming, caring, and hospitable. She's tough but fair. She's precise, she's wise, and she's kind. Doc Amy is a mentor and a friend who cares deeply about her students, encouraging and equipping them to think carefully. I wanna share just a few student testimonials and I'll get out of here because I know we've got a lot to say today. Dr. Amy set me on a trajectory in my faith that I was not anticipating. Her New Testament survey class changed the trajectory of my life. 
Her Greek class didn't make me into a Greek scholar. It made me into a lifelong learner and a lover of biblical writers. Her constant expectations of me as a student pushed me beyond my limits where I experienced God's calling in a fresh and new way. I am who I am today by God's grace and Dr. Amy's faithfulness. When I read that, I sounded just like you. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, but it's true. I've experienced it too. Here's another. Dr. Amy has a big, part, big heart for her students. She's opened her home and her life to me and so many more. She cares deeply for those that she teaches and wants to see leaders in the church equipped to correctly interpret the Bible. I didn't just reach out to all of the academic folks who loved her classes all the time. I also just wanted to talk to the regular student who maybe had one. Here's, here's a girl who said, I only had one class with her, but I remember her being passionate about helping students understand the intricacies of Scripture. She's incredibly wise, and her love for God's Word is absolutely contagious and inspiring. Last testimonial I want to share with you is possibly my favorite, and it's from a friend of mine who says this. I never had a class with Doc Amy but she still taught me some of the most valuable lessons that I know. Doc Amy showed me what it looks like for Christians to maintain a healthy spiritual life while building a strong intellectual and theological mind. I didn't have to be a student of hers to learn from her example, to lead a Christian life filled with intellect, humility, and deep spirituality. Doc Amy is a treasure and I will carry her love for her students and pursuit of God's word with me forever. Doc Amy, we love you. You've impacted so many lives, and we're so grateful for your service, not only to this university and to us, but to the kingdom of the Lord. Thanks, Doc Amy. Well, I'm, uh, I'm privileged and honored to be able to be here today and to uh, say a few words about Dr. Amy Anderson, uh, who was a colleague of mine for 15 years. Um, I taught here from 2004 to 2019, and Amy is the reason I'm here. Actually, it's God, but she's the instrument. I often tell the story when I talk about Amy that... Um, She's the reason I got my job, because she introduced me. Actually, we have a, in common a, a mentor, a former mentor, who passed on some years ago, who introduced me to Amy, and I looked at her and I said, you have a position open in, in New Testament at North Central, don't you? And she said, yeah, you want to interview? I said, sure. And she quickly set up an interview, and well, I came, and loved every minute of it, and um, I have sat on hiring committees, and I have chaired hiring committees here at North Central University, and you don't do that. You don't just meet a stranger and say, hey, do you want to interview? But she did, and it changed my life, talking, talking about changing trajectory. And I ended up here at North Central. And I guess, I guess that leads me into one of the one words I would say about Amy is influence. She... Uh, was a tough-minded and is a tough-minded professor. I often think about what Jesus said to his disciples. You think that I came to bring peace, but I actually came to bring a sword. Um, a father against his son and a mother against her daughter. Well, for Amy, it was a good student against the bad student, right? If you were a good student, you took Amy because she pushed you. And if you weren't, you ran the other way. 
Um, so that was, that was Amy, but I tell you, there were so many students over the years who came back and said they lo absolutely loved her classes. And that's what I really admired about Amy was, or is, I'm sorry to speak in the past tense. <laughs> I'm thinking about, re you're retiring, I'm thinking you're not doing this anymore, but you still are, of course, and um, is, is that she cared so much for the students and still cares for them very much the way that she has opened her home over the years, how she has mentored them, how she keeps the alumni group going, she keeps them coming to her home, she keeps them investing in North Central. She's always uh, in their lives, and she's, she's a mentor, and she cares about them. And it was shortly after I arrived in North Central in 2004 that she adopted uh, Angel, whom I, I think was about 16 years old at the time, yeah. And I thought to myself, Wow, that's the heart of God. To take someone in that no one else seems to really care about. And she took Angel into her home and later Lamara into her home. And you know, it's, it's no matter how imperfect we are, and we're all imperfect. When we follow the Lord, somehow by the Holy Spirit, we reflect God's heart. And I saw that over 15 years working with Amy, that she reflected God's heart in different ways, and mostly by the way she cared for others and influenced others and changed the trajectory of their lives. So blessings on you, Amy, and on your retirement. It was wonderful working with you and sharing uh, Greek and uh, teaching Greek students. I always admired how you got them to love Greek. I had a hard time doing that. <laughs> so uh, God bless you. Dr. Mayo, wonderful to see you today. Longtime faculty member and, and friend. Uh, Dr. Amy, we, we honor you. We honor you. It's my pleasure now to be able to kick off the, the honoring segment of Professor Gerilyn Bach. I'll be followed by a, a video uh, of an alum, and then uh, Professor Sharon Connor will follow that video. By way of background, uh, Gerilyn Bach was born in Trafford, Pennsylvania, a small industrial town outside Pittsburgh. She was raised in a close-knit Italian-American family with a long history in the Assemblies of God Church. Her mother taught in the local public school, and she even served as Gerilyn's teacher in the second grade. Inspired by her mother's love for teaching, Gerilyn felt called to teaching herself. She attended the state's premier college for teacher education, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, the same school at which her mother was trained. She graduated with her degree in elementary education in 1974 and would later earn her master's degree at the University of Minnesota. In 1979, she met and married this guy, uh, this music minister named Larry Bach. After teaching in the Franklin Regional School District from 1978 to 81 in Pennsylvania, she and Larry moved to Minnesota where Larry joined the faculty at North Central. Gerilyn would teach at St. Paul Academy from 1984 to 1987, and in the early 1990s, while raising two young boys, Gerilyn taught in an adjunct capacity at North Central. In 1994, she joined the faculty in a full-time role, and Gerilyn served as a key faculty member in the School of Education, passing on her love for the profession and her teaching skills to hundreds of students. In addition to her able teaching in the classroom, she served as a mentor outside the classroom to many students, providing an example of a humble and effective Christ follower and public school educator. 
her consistent example of faithfulness to the Lord in all areas of life has left a deep impact on her students, but no less significantly on her peers. After 10 years in the classroom full-time, Professor Bach transitioned to a new role, assuming the position of Director of Instructional Development. Gerilyn has invested her final NCU chapter in strengthening in the strengthening of her faculty peers as teachers in the classroom. This investment has been critically important to advancing the mission of the university, which is first and foremost a teaching institution, one in which the classroom and co-curricular educational experience between faculty and students is paramount. In this capacity, she founded the long-running and highly successful Faculty Teaching Commons program, a monthly gathering that focuses on strengthening pedagogy by sharing promising practices in teaching. In fact, in our last accreditation review, the HLC highlighted this as a significant, significant program and highlight here at the university. She has helped, in her current position, she's helped build a culture of consistent improvement in teaching in a number of other ways, including leading new faculty orientation and teaching cohorts, meeting one-on-one -on -one with faculty for encouragement and skill building, and visiting classrooms and giving feedback on observations to help faculty strengthen their teaching. On a personal note, and I had to keep this short, it was hard, Gerilyn was one of the very first people to welcome me to North Central 10 years ago to really make me feel part of the NCU family and mission. It seemed like I was one of the only people among staff or faculty who, who hadn't gone to North Central. And so the transition was, uh, was challenging in, in that and in other ways. But she treated me as a friend and as a peer from the very beginning. Since that time, she's been a constant source of encouragement and a trusted listening ear walking me through the joys and challenges of raising young children and navigating a career path and calling. To me, she has been a mentor, an encourager, a champion, and a dear and beloved friend. And Gerilyn, we honor you today. Good morning, Central students, staff, and of course, the honor. Although I did not meet her in person this morning, I am honored to have the privilege to speak on behalf of Professor Bach, who, when I graduated from North Central in 2014, was a beloved staple of the education department, among many others. Since then, I know she has taken on other roles within the university, and she has also become one of my dearest friends. While I only had two to three minutes to cover the things I think that made her a wonderful educator, I did narrow it down to a few. She is wise, gracious, authentic, and honest. She always has this way of teaching us the content while also teaching us about ourselves. I know she'll be disappointed but not surprised to hear that I don't remember a whole lot of the social studies from methods of social studies, but I will never forget what she helped me learn about myself. She is dedicated to being a lifelong learner, which causes others to become one too. And ultimately, I think that that is the most important quality a teacher can have. She never settles for mediocrity and is always willing to grow and change to be the best version of herself. Some teachers stop learning and stop changing because they think they've perfected their craft and they know all there is to know about their given subject area, but not Professor Bob. She has always been committed to challenging the status quo, learning and unlearning when necessary for the good of her students and herself. 
I am now, after several years of mentorship and friendship, this is really what makes her so special. So thank you, Professor Ross, for your years of dedication to students and the staff that always have and always will reach far beyond the classroom. I hope you enjoy this next season of life, and thank you for letting me share just a little bit about you. Initially, I realized that many of you here might know Gerilyn Bach because of her current position and the time she's been in that as Larry Bach's wife. And I would never want to minimize that important role because it's dear, near and dear to Jer's um, heart, as is her being a mother to Chris and Alan, being a mother-in-law to Jeanette, and now being a Gigi to adorable little Louie. Um, but there are so many other facets to Geraldine, as you've heard already, that I really want to highlight. Um, I'm going to kind of skip over the educational um, teaching ones, because you just heard that so eloquently um, given by um, Jordan. And I'm going to highlight a few other areas of Jared's life that um, I am going to go delve a little bit more deeply in. I am going to say, though, as far as a teacher is concerned in the classroom, Jer was always that teacher that I wanted to be. I'd walk by her class and I'd see her involved with her students and um, what they were doing and the laughter emanating from her classroom and I kept thinking, oh, I'll be that someday. I really will. I'll try really hard and I'll be that someday. Um, she is adored by her students. Um, but I wanna also talk about Jer as a colleague in the educational program. Um, when I came in to North Central, she'd been here a couple of years, and I was taking the place of somebody that everybody talked about and was such awe and wonder. I was half convinced he had, he had um, maybe invented education because he was just, you know, I thought, oh, I could never do. But he graciously met with me to kind of get my, you know, get myself going. And he, he said, if I have one piece of advice to you, I would, it would be this. I would connect with one of the professors in the education program on a regular basis. And I would recommend Gerilyn. And then he stopped and he said, she's good. I'd take her with me if I could. Boy, is she good. And that was really wise advice um, that I really tried to follow because not only was she great as a teacher, she was just great as a colleague and is great as a colleague. Phil, I'm having the same problem you had. There's this razor edge between giving a tribute to somebody and making it sound like a eulogy, and I'm going to try to stay on the other side. I really will. <laughs> because it's a tribute, Jerry, I promise it is. <laughs> but the education department was in a, an era of st new state mandates, and we had to really overhaul the whole program, and it was overwhelming. And at Jerry never, never lost a beat. She would just come in with calmness and with grace and say, what can I do to help? What needs to be done? And you will learn as you go out into the field, those people are few and far between. More people will like to complain. More people will like to go, oh, I can't do this. No, when you find somebody who's just, how can I help? How can I make this happen? You, you love and you honor and you adore them. Then I want to speak um, to Jer as the researcher and scholar. This is a side that I oftentimes tease Jer about 
because, um, in fact, we were just talking about it the other day, and this is a perfect example. She is um, involved in a Bible study, but Jared doesn't just go to a Bible study. She doesn't just attend a Bible study. She studies for her Bible study. So whatever the passage is, whatever the book is, whatever the text is that they're working on, um, she will get five or six other texts that are related, and she'll go through them, and then she'll mark um, really clear passages, and they'll be color-coded, of course, because nothing is done without color-coding. She'll color-code them, and then ask herself the next level of questions. Okay, so now that we've really delved into this, where, where, where is this going to take me next? And she loves nonfiction, reads it all the time, and she is inspiring to me in her thirst for knowledge, and she does have that thirst for knowledge. She is the epitome of a lifelong learner. Then I think of Jeremy, my friend, and I'm going to try to get through this. Because about seven years into my time here, um, I lost my only sister, my best friend, and she died suddenly. And I was bereft, but I thought I was working through my grief. Jeremy made it a point to take me out to dinner just about every week during that period of time, and I know she was trying to fill that void in my life, and I loved her for it. But fast forward about four months, and a childhood friend lost their mother. And um, Jerry knew the family, too. And, of course, I was going to the funeral. You know, I want to be a support. I've just gone through this. And Jerry made it a point to just insist that she go with me, which was fine, but kind of unusual. Um, But she knew something I didn't. And that was I hadn't come near to expressing all the grief that I had. And I got into that service. And after it started, like, seriously, within 30 minutes, I went, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I hope I can hold this together. And I knew Jerry was there right beside me praying me through this whole thing. And the minute that amen was said, I ran out of the sanctuary, went into my car, um, shut the door, and I started wailing. I don't mean I wept. I mean I wailed and wailed (laughs) and wailed. And Jared just got in the car beside me, didn't say anything, didn't try to hold me, didn't try to stop me. She just sat with me until I exhausted myself. She knew there was nothing to say. I just needed a friend. And then she sat for another couple hours while I reminisced about all the things that I loved and I missed about my sister. Jer, I always think about you when I read the Beatitudes, and it says, you know, those, blessed are those who mourn, will they, they will be comforted. You were my comfort that day. You were Christ in the flesh sitting next to me, hanging on to me, and I have never forgotten that, never will forget that, and I cherish our friendship because that is just a reflection of what you've been to me my entire life at North Central, ever since I've known you. Um, And then Jara's a mentor. When she transferred out of the education department, um, she became the director of instructional development, as as, um, Dr. Leeper said. Um, But in in this role, one of her tasks was to mentor each new new full-time faculty member in their pedagogy and probably other aspects of their life. Um, in ministry at Inner Central. And I always thought, Jerry, as much as I didn't want her to leave the education department, this was the perfect thing for her to do because she's relational. She's humble. She doesn't have to have the answers, but she will sure walk with you as you're seeking them. She doesn't strive to have a title or a position. She's there to serve. She has a heart for people, and she just desires them to succeed. So at first thought, when I was planning for today, I thought all of these students who are never going to be able to have Jer as a professor, never going to be able to be mentored by Jer, never be able to sit up in the balcony and have her pray over you, um, I realized that in a sense, you've probably all already reaped the blessings of Jer's life. Because every class you've taken with a professor who's ever been mentored by Jer have experienced a little bit of who she is and her life in ministry. So, Jerry, you may not grace the halls of North Central physically in the coming years, but your ministry, your influence, 
It's going to continue on for years to come. And for that, we're forever grateful and blessed. We love you, dear. Hello. I am Dr. Desiree Leibengood. I'm the Dean of the College of Arts and Sciences. This is a bittersweet day to watch three of my friends acknowledge their last year here. But I have the privilege of giving the bio for coach and professor Greg Hayton. A few weeks ago, Greg sent me, Desiree, here's my letter of resignation. It's attached. And I said, okay, thank you. I don't know if I want to accept this or not, but I'll take it. And I opened it, and I didn't know what it was going to say. I mean, I thought maybe it would say, dear friend, I quit. Thank you, Greg. Um, I don't, what does a retirement letter of resignation say? And he'd written a love letter to his time at North Central. So much of what you'll hear me say about his biography is his words today. Rearranged a little bit so it doesn't sound strange for me to read them, but they are his words. And here's what I know about Greg. Greg loves Jesus. He loves his family. He loves everyone at North Central. And he loves hard work. And this is a testament to that. Greg Hayton came to North Central Bible College in the fall of 1997. As the role in the role of the director of athletics. He first directed the NCU Flames and later led the name change to the Rams. During his first 12 years as the AD, he served as the president of the Northern Athletic Conference and the chair for the NCAA, NCCAA region. Then, a few years later, Coach Hayton was instrumental in moving NCU into the NCAA Division III membership process, as well as the UMAC membership. Essentially, Coach Hayton worked hard to build NCU athletics into what he knew it could be, a highly engaging program that offered mentorship and competitive opportunities for our students. NCBC had four sports when he arrived, men's soccer and basketball and women's volleyball and basketball. And so he began the addition process in 1998. Cross country for men and women was organized for three meets. Women's soccer played one game. And track for men and women ran full seasons that year. But there was no money, as goes the story so often to hire a coach or to fund the teams, so Coach Hayton became the coach for all of the sports, as well as the fundraiser for all of the sports. The old Metrodome used to allow groups to come work concessions to be paid for their work, so he and his students poured ice cream floats at Twins and Vikings and Gopher Games, as well as monster truck rallies and even one men's NCAA Final Four championship game to make ends meet. The year after that saw the additions of baseball and softball and even more ice cream float pouring. Later, budget was added and coaches were able to be hired to lighten the load and focus the attention of the AD. And by the time he left athletics to become a, prof a professor in the education department, the Rams could compete in 14 sports, seven men and seven women. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't stop there, of course. 
Coach Hayton brought the first coaching certification program to NCU. In his words, he had witnessed the first impact, the co- uh, firsthand the impact a coach had in his own life, and then saw firsthand the impact and even ministry coaching provided, and desired that our graduates be trained, equipped, and fully qualified to coach and minister in their communities. So then that soon led him to add um, the desire of a sports management major, which he brought up and then was told, okay, you brought it up, go make it. And so he made it. The whole program of study is here because he put it together and it was approved and implemented into our, um, our catalog. The move to the education department as a professor offered a lot of new challenges for Coach Hayton um, and exciting opportunities. He was asked to become the faculty athletics representation, a role which did not exist before him here or in the UMAC, so he helped both develop what that role could look like. Additionally, he was selected to become one of 12 people trained to introduce a new summative measure tool, EdTPA, for all of you education majors who know What a huge task that is, right? And he was one of the first 12 trained in it, and that allowed him to travel across the street to train other educators in this tool. Again, Coach Hayton is not afraid of hard work. He helps grow and develop and build in whatever program he's in, not for his own glory, but for the glory of the kingdom of God and to make sure that there are enough opportunities for all students at this school. He makes sure every student and every colleague feels loved. He's made sure I've felt loved. He sings songs as he walks through the hallways. He prays over people. He's prayed over me a number of times, and he blesses everyone with his jovial presence. His legacy will live on in every athlete, education student, and coach, and faculty, and staff because of all of that hard work. So following me to pay tribute will be alumna Melissa Kidd and then Professor Jonathan Friesen. All right, good morning, everybody. You guys got me a little nervous. I think I need to do a few jumping jacks up here. All right. I can tell we're pretty experienced on the microphone from some of our previous guest speakers because... Their eye contact is phenomenal, better than I can bring to the table because I'm sticking to the script to be in the time we have. Um, So hopefully I don't fumble over this a little bit, and I don't think I'm going to keep it together either. Um, Let me get started. So my name is Melissa Kidd, and I graduated from the School of Education in 2016. My own personal experiences regarding the impact coach slash Professor Hayton slash Greg has had on my life can't be summed up in the time we have, nor can the impact he has had on so many students throughout his career be summed up in just my story. But I am going to attempt to share a small bit of his legacy. And I changed that a couple times when I was practicing because I felt legacy was definitely the right word that he's had here at North Central University. If one day a student says, I have had as much of an impact on them as Professor Hayton has had on me, I know I will have had a successful career. If it were not for him believing in me, encouraging me, praying with me, listening to me, and I can talk, and supporting me, I would not have found my passion and calling and the extent in which I have today. 
As a freshman here at North Central University, I found myself in a Coach Hayton's class, which was not a graduation requirement, but uh, if you're gonna take any night class, it has to be that class type of class. I quickly noticed that Professor Hayton was authentic and real in a way I had never quite seen before. He spoke from his heart and was vulnerable as he taught. I found myself listening and engaged in every class as Professor Hayton shared his own personal experiences and related it to the learning. I didn't know that someone in his position could have experienced similar life struggles to mine, particularly on the topic of family members struggling with addiction. About a year later, I had that college student crisis. I didn't know what I was doing. I knew I was in the wrong major, and I was dealing with a lot of personal struggles. Next thing I knew, I was in that ugly green and gold Packer-filled office of his. <laughs> and he's got that horrible mask on today. Unaware that it was the Holy Spirit that led me there. I cried my eyes out in confusion as he listened, prayed, and suggested the School of Education. The next semester, I took my first education course, and there was no turning back. I knew teaching was it, and education was where I belonged, and Professor Hayton was right there every step of the way, along with all the other education professors. I went from a 2.9 GPA to the dean's list every semester, and enjoyed school from that point on. Coach allowed me to be creative and explore my learning, and every bump in the road, he became my therapist as I sat in the chair next to his desk, because it's really the only room there is in that office if you've been up there. He hasn't quite converted to technology yet, you guys. <laughs> He'll get there. To this day, Coach shows up at my games, checks, on, checks in on my son and me frequently, and still mentors me as I navigate it. My, my, I'm sorry, he still checks in on me as I navigate my career teaching, being a single mother, my master's degree, my admin license, and my 10th grade boys basketball team. Okay, okay, hold on. <laughs> Um, so I hope in this short time, I have painted just a bit of the picture regarding Coach. I thank God for him frequently, and I've avoided eye contact. Um, and Coach, you've been steadfast during a lot of waves. You deserve to have an awesome retirement and all of Hazel's cookies you can eat. Congratulations. Somebody come. Oh, what's up? I know the order of your allegiance is God and family and the Packers. And I knew that God was here and your family would be here, so this is all I could do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> A couple of you have talked about legacy. <laughs> Greg and I, um, 
often talk about legacy, what we, um, you know, what it is you leave behind in a place. If it matters that you were there. If, you know, a couple... (laughs) Seriously? (laughs) If a couple people later, um, will people know that you were there, that you had done something? And maybe we're a little relevant sometimes, a little. And I think that concern about relevance might be maybe Greg's biggest fear. Am I still relevant today? But uh, Greg, you've never been just a placeholder here. I sit um, in a tiny office across from uh, Greg's office. For eight the last eight years I have. And I remember first arriving, and uh, my first time I got a load of students uh, to, to advise. And I thought, well, g- given what I need to do in advising, surely a half hour will be more than sufficient. And for me it was. I mean, they were in and out in 20 minutes. I was like, this is not, maybe not so challenging after all. Then there's Greg. I'd go through three students, he'd go through one. And I'd wonder who, who takes 90 minutes, who takes an hour and a half with a kid? What in the world do you talk about for an hour and a half? <laughs> mm. So I'd listen, I'd eavesdrop. I had nothing else to do, I was waiting for the next kid. And I would hear stories, meaningful ones, stupid ones. <laughs> some at a point, I thought, maybe. Some just kind of meandered around like a river. But every story, every connection you made said, you know, I love you, kid. I'm with you, kid. I'm not leaving you, kid. And that's when I realized that in that tiny office, that's the heartbeat of God. And whether he was singing (laughs) these stupid songs, or responding to my pranks, which have been numerous and constant, or doing important things, as have been mentioned, going to every Ed Major's sporting events, and plopping down in any one of our office chairs, and just being. 
or supervising or agonizing over that TPA or telling story after story after story after story or praying. Everything Greg did said, scream. I love you. I'm with you. I'm not leaving you. Except now you are. <laughs> it's time to walk out. And that's only right too. Because that's where his legacy is. It's not here. Yeah, you did a lot with the athletic program. You built it. Your legacy is in the people who've already walked out of here. Your legacy and your accomplishments have human faces. And they've already walked out of here. And you get to do one of those things that I don't think many people can do. Most people leave their legacy. You get to follow yours. Which means there's a lot more to come. So you ran a good race, but now your legacy is out there. Go enjoy them with your grandkids and your fish and your deer and your canoes and your camping and whatever the hell heck people do in Wisconsin. I love you, man. Just get out of here. <laughs> this time I'd like to call up to the stage Professor Amy Anderson, Professor Jerilyn Bach, and Professor Greg Hayton, along with President Scott Hagen. Thank you very much. On behalf of them, th thank you very much. Um, you know, when we, when we planned this event, it was, a, it was planned as a COVID pivot, right? Typically, when we have a retiring faculty member, they get their own reception. It's over in maybe Clay Commons in this tight, packed space. We all come together and, and people share. And, and it's a wonderful, wonderful time. You can actually drink and eat there together, maskless, all, all that. And, um, you know, I, I feel like this has worked out really, really well. I, I love being able to, you know, Scripture says, give honor to those um, to whom honor is due. And this is such a special place in the life of our community. 
here in the chapel where, where each of the three of them have, have shared from, from this stage, have, have, have taught, have, have prayed, have, have mentored in this space. And so it's fitting that we're able to celebrate them here. I want to thank our, our alums um, who, who gave tributes, our deans, our faculty peers. Thank you so much for sharing such meaningful words. Um, as we thought about what we should get in terms of gifts, um, the whole retirement clock or watch idea was shot down very, very quickly. Very, very quickly. No one thought that was a good idea, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, we talked to family members. We talked to friends. What, what do we get these individuals? What do we get them just to say thank you? And so we have some simple tokens of appreciation um, for a, a legacy well, uh, well left and well launched. Uh, Professor Fries, appreciate how you, how you phrased that. And so first of all, uh, for Professor Amy Anderson, I want to thank uh, Dean Tennyson and the, uh, the CCL team for coming together and thinking, what would Dr. Amy really love, really appreciate? If you know Dr. Amy well, you know that she loves nature. She loves being out in God's creation. I mean, from the initial animal science degree to, uh, to this very day, being out with nature. And so uh, Dean Tennyson and the team, um, and, and we, uh, as North Central University, are happy to present you with a lifetime pass to the national parks. I hope you'll enjoy that. Very envious. Uh, second, for a Professor Gerilyn Bach, um, Larry said, Greg, if you're asking for a gift uh, for me, I could tell you like 20 things right now I want. Gerilyn is a little tougher. And so we went back and forth, and he, he, did, his, um, he did his gentle asking, and, and she knew you know, why, why he was asking. But um, you know, as was mentioned, Gerilyn has recently become a grandmother for the first time. If you haven't seen pictures of little baby Louie, he is adorable. I had a chance to meet him in person. And so Larry, Larry thought, you know what she would really, really love? She is one, in retirement, she's going to want to spend more and more time with Louie, take pictures, curate pictures, share pictures. So, Gerilyn, we got you um, a gift certificate to the Apple Store for all the training and software you need to take pictures of baby Louie. I hope you enjoy it. Gerilyn made clear she definitely didn't want a clock or watch. She shared with that, that with me a few times. Uh, certainly, um, Professor Hayton, as you mentioned, uh, Professor Friesen, Dean Leibengood mentioned, um, he, is, he is one of those kind of most interesting men in the world. You know, what does Greg not do? What is he not into? And, and Dean Leibengood and, and Stacy Sikorsky, I believe, said, you know what would be great for Greg? In addition to all those things that, that Jonathan mentioned, he actually is a beekeeper as well. How many of you knew that, that Professor Hayton kept bees? Like three or four people, right? What does he not do? And so, uh, Greg, we've, got, we've gotten you, in addition to a, a gift card at an outdoor store, we've actually gotten you a smoker for your bees. And I'm, I, I've learned from uh, Dr. Leibnigood that a smoker for bees and Stacey Sikorsky is that uh, you, you send smoke into where the bees live. You can tell I'm using highly technical terms here. And, and, it, and it, calms, it calms the bees. And Desiree said, you know, this is perfect, a perfect gift for Greg uh, in the calming presence that he has brought and continues to bring into the lives of peers, of students, and so on. So, Greg, enjoy smoking your bees. Yeah. 
In just a moment, we're going to end. I'm going to invite President Hagan to come and, and share just a, a few words and to pray. And then again, I want to invite you all out to Elliott Avenue uh, for a brief time of reception. President Hagan. Hey, let's all stand up if we can. I'll do my closing part here uh, um, with everybody kind of in a standing position. Gives you hope uh, that we're about to change posture here. I completely agree that this is like a practice run of some kind of odd, mystical, cosmic eulogy of some kind, uh, even though it isn't that. Um, but for all of us that are uh, north of 58 now, uh, that means me, um, these are very significant uh, pivots, portals, but they're also uh, mission critical for the fans that are in the stands to watch the future because part of our mental and emotional and spiritual health is our ability to see what's ahead in life and to reconcile the beauty, uh, the honor, how this thing really works. When Karen and I were 20, we had friends that were 30. We had friends that were 40, friends that were 50, friends that were, we saw our life in 10-year segments of what's up ahead. And all of those people showed us the way. So for all the fans in this room, you are showing us the way. Uh, it's powerful. There's no way that this room reflects anything. I, I, and I know we're not using eulogy or funeral analogies, but I'm going to use one real fast. The most significant instructor in my life was Norm Arneson at Bethany Bible College. He taught Romans, hermeneutics, life of Christ. Norm Arneson was an iconic scholar, Bible teacher for us, a bunch of 18, 19 year olds back in 1980 at Bethany Bible College. Um, Thousands of students went through Bethany in his 30-year period of time there. I knew Dr. Anderson well late in his life, and he was transitioning. He never got married. He was as quirky as it gets, which is there has to be a quirk about a good professor. Isn't there just got to be something quirky about that? And something memorable. What's that hook? What's that thing? And it's the time spent with students. Um, Dr. Uh, Arneson, Norm Arneson, his dream was to go to the mission field and to teach uh, pastors all over the world. And he would do this on a regular basis in Africa, different places, remote areas, uh, as well as he was a world-class scholar. So he was studied, struggled with diabetes, and he was now close to 70. He retired in the about 2001 or two in there. And he immediately packed up all of his 30 years of belongings and tapes and teachings, and he sent them in a crate to... Um, this remote part of, of um, off Australia, I forget the small island, um, very remote, very missional. And he sent everything there and he's going to go spend a year. He gets there and he passes away um, right after that. Now, that's not going to happen to you. Uh, that's not where this story is going. Uh, it'll end quick here, but this has a very... A lot of meaning for the fans in this room. Um, it was devastating. Passed away on, on Christmas Day. And he was not there more than three days. And so uh, I think it was in the remote part of Fiji. And so the word got back to Northern California that Norm Arneson had passed away. He has no parents, no living siblings. He was never married. There's no one there 
No one there to claim him. So Dr. Sam Huddleston couldn't take it any longer. He gets on a plane on New Year's Eve and flies all the way to Fiji. They find Dr. Arneson's body. He's at the morgue. They go claim him. He has to sign up for it, and they want to do a burial there in Fiji. And so Sam pays the fees, and they go out into this crude field, weeds, knee-high, and they have six inmates come and dig the grave for Dr. Norm Arneson in this Fijian mission field out in this cemetery, makeshift cemetery. Dr. Arneson, or Huddleston was there with one Fijian pastor, six inmates, and they bury Norm Arneson, who had taught the life of Paul his whole life. Sam Huddleston preached a little sermon there, and all six inmates in chains gave their heart to Christ at Dr. Arneson's grave in a remote field in Fiji. This guy touched thousands of leaders who in turn touched millions of people. It's like, really, Lord, that's the way it all ends. But he, he kind of gave us all a glimpse of how this life actually works. This room in no way represents the scale, the scope, the fullness of your investments. We are here to honor you today. We are a select group to be in the room, but we represent thousands who've been impacted by your lives and your leadership, the seeds you have planted. It's not what we achieve, it's what we set in motion. And you have set in motion so much for the kingdom of God. We pray just health, strength, years of vitality, mentoring, all that's in your heart still yet to, to happen through your lives. We pray it will all come to pass. But we honor you today. We love you today. Can we thank him one last time before we... Beautiful. All righty. We're going to pray. And then we're going to go have some fun on Elliot uh, out here. So Lord Jesus, we just... Can you extend a hand in your hearts toward the stage? Lord, we just pray... Lord, a great blessing, God, upon these three great champions, Lord, pillars and icons, God, of North Central Bible College, North Central University, Jesus. Lord, this work in downtown Minneapolis, God, in which what has been set in motion through their lives has watered this earth. It'll continue to water this earth, Jesus. And Lord, we get to stand in this little select group, uh, this small little gathering, God, Lord, to see the real uh, power and scale, God, uh, of these lives, God, their teaching careers, Lord, their leadership careers, God, uh, as colleagues, God, what they brought to the university culture and to these students, Lord. Lord, it's irreplaceable, God. Help us, Jesus, to see a new generation of leaders, Lord. Step up, God, and step into these spaces, Lord, that are being vacated by these beautiful people, God. Thank you for the words that were shared, Lord. We've tucked them all into our own experience and into our own thinking, God, and into our own desires, God. Lord, we pray, we pray now health, blessing, new horizons, God, opportunities, writing, uh, mentoring, the reproducing of more leaders, God, through their lives. We just give you praise on this glorious day in Christ's name. Amen and amen and amen. We love you. We honor you. And uh, let's make our way out to Elliot and enjoy some time together. God bless.